Did they hurt you? No, no, I'm okay. Did they hurt you? Who cares? I do. <laughs> Steven! Thank you. Garnet! You're a fusion? Oh, I I'm sorry. We didn't want you meeting us here like this. Well, did I make a good first impression? Oh, Steven. We already love you. Hello and welcome to Bear Pile, your pileup of everything geeky and berry. As always, I'm your mama bear, the Yeti. With me, as ever he is, is the lovely, the talented Jonathan Moore. Say hi, Jonathan. Hey, girl, hey! With us this week, we have our reoccurring Bear Pile guest, Tom. Say hi, Tom. Hello, darlings. We should just make him a regular. I know, at this point. And uh, we have our Bear Pile virgin for the evening. Say hi, Chris. Hello. So I know this one likes it rough, so we don't have to actually be gentle on him. <laughs> His cherry gold get popped. Mm-hmm. So uh, we have a very interesting topic for you guys this week, which I'm very eager to talk about, because there's been a lot of it recently in uh, our popular culture, especially if you have ever touched, looked at, or breathed upon Tumblr. Uh, I am, of course, <laughs> talking about LGBT representation in cartoons. <gasps> what? I know, right? They're letting it happen these days, and there are no mobs with pitchforks. But what about the children? Won't somebody please think about the children? Uh, they did, and apparently the children wanted some hot gay action. <sighs> Perversions. I know, You're right? You're all going to hell. You're all going to hell. Sinners. I know, I make it sound like we're like injecting Legend of Korra with like some hardcore Yuri action when really it was just like we held hands once. But oh, so sweet. You know they was fucking on the side. Oh yeah. Yeah, off camera. Off camera. But I thought we would uh, always off camera. Cleanly, for the sake of a coherent discussion, split this into two. So I think we're going to talk about children or um, children-centered cartoons. I think is the best way to say that, because Lord knows it's 2015 and the children's cartoons are never reaching children anymore. So there's <laughs> the children-intended cartoons, and then we're going to go for the adult-intended cartoons. So um, I'm going to start us off with the children-intended cartoons, and I want to talk about the biggest uh, example of LGBT representation that I've seen in a while, or at least the most explicit, which is to say Steven Universe. I have not seen this, but I hear good things. Um, It is amazing. Uh, you know how, like, Adventure Time is beautiful, funny, and nerdy to watch, and it's kind of intelligent at the same time? haven't seen that either. 
I'm judging wow. you. <laughs> well, anyway, oh, we'll, we'll get to Adventure baby. Time. Um, Steven Universe is sort of like if you took the heart of Adventure Time and just isolated it into a show all its own, which just deals mm-hmm. with feelings. And um, the strange concept of family. And one of the best things ever, and it's always sort of been in the show, but like I feel like we, we, we just never really, we, we were never able to bring ourselves to talk about it because we didn't want to get our hopes up. But there's always sort of been this element of, um, if anybody watches the show, uh, the crystal gems can fuse, and they usually do this by performing a dance of some sort. And sometimes, or most of the times, the dances ended up being almost eerily sexual in nature. Like, um, there's elements of romance in all of the dancing, but, you know, I I couldn't tell whether that was an actual element of LGBT representation, because all the gems are indeed female. Well, at least they have female pronouns, I should say that out out loud. And dance is either... Dance can be extremely sexual, depending on the type of dance you're doing, but... Uh, especially with like the fusion between Garnet and uh, Amethyst. It was a weird sort of very sexual kind of fusion. Um, and I, I don't think any of us ever got the chance to really like sink that in. We just sort of absorbed it. And we're like, okay, that's, you know, funny children's show gag. And then, you know, in the, one of the more recent episodes, the end of season one, we had Jailbreak where they revealed that Garnet was indeed the fusion between Ruby and Sapphire, two gems who it is revealed, it's very heavily implied in the the show, and then it's revealed later that they are indeed in a relationship. Speaking of gems, I always thought Gem was a lesbian, um, Gem in the Holy Rams. No, she had her gay boyfriend. Oh, that's right, Rio. Yeah. Ah. <sighs> Oh, yeah. Now, don't confuse the cartoon Gem with the YouTube show that is jizz. totally not. Jizz? Oh, Jizz. Well, Jizz isn't yeah. a lesbian. Kimber is the lesbian in that. In That's that. right. Yes. Kimber's dirty lesbian. I'm a motherfucking yeah. lesbian. <laughs> For anybody who doesn't know what we're referencing, it is the beautiful YouTube show. I think the YouTuber's name is Sienna Dienema. Yes. If, if I'm if I'm not mistaken, um, and it's it's a parody of the '80s cartoon show Gem called Jizz, spelled J I Z. If you get a chance and you're not easily offended, I would highly suggest checking that out. I heard a rumor that Sienna Dienema is actually a Sean Cody porn star. I've heard that. I mean, I I, I don't know. Like mm. I I've seen no. Like, and nothing saying, hey, I'm a porn star who made the Jizz series. Well, <laughs> well, that's that would be just redundant. Goodness but, gracious. Yeah. So back on topic. <sighs> um, so that is the most explicit uh, representation LGBT in a children's show I've seen this year, at least. Does anybody else watch Steven Universe? Uh, I, I have not seen it myself. Violently. What happened? <laughs> What'd you say, Tom? 
oh, I said I want to get into it violently, as in binge-watching. Mm. Oh, yeah. And just well, feel the feels and feel the feels. That's mm. all up on the Hulus. Oh, it is? Okay. Yeah. It has the Hulu pluses. It's 2015, Jonathan. Everything's on the internet. <laughs> apparently, apparently not a thing that records Skype more than five minutes for free, though. I know, right? Uh, I was talking about media, though. Anyway, so... Anyway, um, yeah. what about He-Man? That was a pretty gay character. Yeah, but, like, not intentionally. I don't know. <laughs> it was not intentional. No. Um, actually, I would say probably one of the first, like, it was never said, but it was definitely hinted at. First truly gay characters would have to be uh, Snagglepuss. From the old Hanna Barbera. Really, line. I'd even I would honestly go further back than that and say Bugs and Daffy. No, Bugs... there was cross dressing, but they were never yeah. decided to be homosexual. Yeah. I, I, well, I personally would consider that. I mean, come on now. Per- I always thought that Bugs was like the first drag character, and I'm like, well, this not, is this is it. Not every cross dresser is gay, though. Look at what's his face, no, I, 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 Well, there's uh, a difference between there's a difference between a drag queen. Yeah, and a transvestite. And a crossdresser, of course, and transvestite. Yeah. And tra- but and we yes, have to look we have to look at it from this perspective. Was that LGBT representation or was that a sideshow used as a gag? Yeah, it's just like it's just like um I mean I know it's not a cartoon, but like Uncle Arthur on Bewitched. I mean, obviously the the actor was gay, but the character was very gay ish and there was a Bewitched cartoon, so just saying. It counts. The- like were these represented as actual LGBT characters, or they were, were stereotypes? Though, these yeah, just stereotypes used for a gag. I think like, that's the real question should... we need to ask each other. Think... ourselves. I know, I know that it was, I know that it was, <clears throat> that it's an adult cartoon, but I think the first actual representation in a cartoon of an actual out gay character is Waylon Smithers on The Simpsons. Meh, kind of. Yeah, I can agree. No, no, no. I can agree with that. That that may have been like the first actual representation of a cartoon character being homosexual. Yeah. Yeah. So so back to sort of like there have been a lot of things that have happened this year um, with regards to LGBT representation in children's shows. Like Steven Universe was one example. Um, second example for you know it's pretty much the same kind of universe is that. Uh, for Adventure Time, Bubbleine became canon. So for those for those who don't know what Bubbleine is, it is uh, no Princess. Idea. Well, that's because you are an old man and you live in an old man house with your old man <laughs> existence. You know what? I'm. And, and as soon as you abandon your old man crotchety heart and catch up with the rest of time. Oh, good lord! Anyway. So rude. Listen, so I don't interrupt your rant on the Abakai. With like, oh, I don't do an avocado anymore. We don't. I don't do that. So you cannot interrupt my rant about Adventure Time with how much you love abacai. I don't even know what an abacai is. I know because all you had was stones. <laughs> I'm like eight years older than you. That's not. <sighs> and this is why we don't interrupt Josh when he's talking about Adventure Time. Oh, good lord. Anyway. <laughs> Bubbleine, as I was explaining, is the uh, the pairing of Princess Bubblegum and Marceline the Vampire Queen, which uh, was just a fan fiction name until uh, the voice actors for Marceline revealed 
during a conference that that's actually part of the canon. They actually did used to date, which explains all of the wacky sexual tension that was in that show up to this point. That's something that's something else that I would like uh, for us to touch upon at least once or twice is shipping. Oh yes, shipping. Uh, now, now. Wait, 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 wait. With kids' cartoons. There's. Oh uh, yes, there is a amount. there is a lot. What, <laughs> there is a lot, unfortunately. What about, um, what about a what about a children's cartoon movie? Because I would say Scar from The Lion King was definitely gay. Well, I mean, oh, we well, could we could Disney devote villains, a whole. It, Exactly. Yes. Uh, you, oh, good Christ Almighty. Yeah. If you if you get a chance, there's um a guy who makes videos out there called Rantasmo. He makes uh a lot of videos called Needs More Gay, and he did one about Disney and how a lot of their villains are coded gay, which for people who don't know yes. what that means, it means that they are understood to be gay or gay stereotypes. But mm-hmm. then again. Jafar too. Is yeah. Gay. Well, no, because you know. Jafar was flamboyant. I he was flamboyant, was, but he was also Jafar was not creepily, canonically gay. Yeah, he was also he was creepily hitting on a underage teenage yeah. girl. Yeah. Oh, that's right. I forgot about that. Yeah. Um, like Jafar is gay. There's like a whole list. Again, he did a whole video on it, and it was really great. But he also talked about Timon and Pumbaa. Which were sort of like another version of coded gay, but to the other extreme. Well, well, I mean Nathan Lane is very gay. Super so. gay. But yeah. um, so we have that. We have that. Like that's D- Disney has definitely had a bunch of non-canonically gay characters. I mean, hell, genie. But again, these are characters who are not canonically queer. Which is mm-hmm. upsetting, because it's like, they're there, and people are obviously, like, taking cues from, sadly, stereotypes. Mm-hmm. Oh, what about what about that um, Powerpuff Girls, the, the, the Satan character? Oh, him. He was, he was gay, yeah. Him. Him. Him and yeah. Mojo. Him and Mojo. A lot of people yeah. like saw them together. Mojo was actually yeah, straight. Yeah. There was an episode where they covered that, weirdly enough. Oh, hi. When, they were, <laughs> when he was a member of the Beat Alls. Yeah, a member of the Beat Alls. Uh, and, and, and uh yoko ono oh, what was her name it was it was yolo ono or something like that like <laughs> it, was, it was a pun and i'm not remembering what the pun was but it was just basically like they put a chimp in a costume and made her scream <laughs> uh, Jesus yeah. christmas it was, uh, it was a really hilarious parody of yoko ono and, and was and wasn't velma from scooby-doo a lesbian not canonically Peppermint Patty, though. A lot of people, oh. there was a lot of speculation about her. Her and Marcy, yeah. Uh, so, yeah, so, I mean, we have a whole host of non-canonically queer characters that are just queer in stereotype and in, in, in broad understanding, but we very rarely have canonical queer characters. Um, I think... Trying to think, there's like one character from How to Train Your Dragons, and mm-hmm. yes, it's the blacksmith from the town yeah. that was implied to be gay. Yep. And they never really like come out and say it, but it's pretty clear he has a thing for like the chief for uh yeah. Uh, what's the kid's name? Can't remember the Hiccup? kid's name to save my life. Hiccup. Hiccup's dad. Yeah. Oh, he is played by Gerard Butler. So. 
And the mice in Oof. Cinderella. Weren't, there, weren't some of the mice a little gay in Cinderella? Again, none of this is canonical. Uh, none of that was really canonical, unfortunately. Um, like and they I, were all married. We could, we could speculate. Yeah. We could always speculate. They're having a little on the side thing, yeah. Well, they were all. They were. I think all of them except for Gus was married. I think. Um, Hell, at that point, Lucifer was also gay. But he's a, a he cat, was a cat I mean. who who never spoke or had any Ex- uh, exactly same sex <laughs> cats to be around. <laughs> like it, we can just uh, the toaster in the Brave Little Toaster was gay, but he's a fucking toaster, so blanket oh my god if we bro. allow the gays to get married then toasters are going to be able to get married <laughs> well it was just my point that you can say anything is non-canonically queer because you don't have to back it up so that's why we're trying to not 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 do that we're yeah but i think there was, there was a point where a couple of the mice were, were like cuddling or something i don't <laughs> they're disney mice jonathan Fine, fine. They do two things: clean, make dresses, and, and so, oh clean god, and, so. and <laughs> transform into horses. Yeah, occasionally <laughs> they transform into horses. Yeah, okay, fine. Jesus. So they're obviously Power queer Norman. and into pony play. <laughs> I'm just going to throw Power Norman out there, just like rope this back in. Oh yes. We have been sort of like be- been getting the odd side character as canonically queer. And then Paranorman happened, and it was pretty good with, like, a predominant character being canonically queer. Um, hmm. I think Frozen threw us a bone. Yep. Throw me a boner, more like. <laughs> wow. <sighs> Maybe we should just switch to the adult cartoons so that Jonathan doesn't come off quite as creepy. <laughs> <laughs> But that, but the, but the, but the, 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 the one guy, the, the one that, that had like the, the, the bestiality with, the, with the reindeer. Did you see Frozen or the Frozen porn parody? <laughs> <laughs> well, he was in love with his reindeer. He was in love with his reindeer. Sorry. Um. Sure, in a boy and his dog kind of way. Oh. Jonathan, do I need to call Animal Protective Services? <laughs> no. I'm I'm just as concerned as you are. Okay. <laughs> sure. So, um I mean let's talk about the one that Tumblr has been discussing for months. It was like the big blowout, uh the Korasami big blowout. Does anybody here watch yes. Legend of Korra? I need to catch up, honestly. But discuss, discuss. Honestly, I unfortunately, well, I was gonna say I don't. I never watched Legend of Korra, nor did I watch. Um, You're not really missing anything. Other one, uh, Tumblr. Tumblr pretty much explained everything to me. I was reblogging it. I was living for it. I was having all of it. Honestly, like oh. the first two seasons of Korra are absolutely insufferable. So. I stopped watching it, and then they're like, "Oh no, lesbians, lesbians, lesbians!" And I'm like, "What? What? When did when did lesbians? I like I'm, and I'm really glad that it was like, the cartoon like Nickelodeon saw how like <coughs> happy everybody was about Korosami, and they're like, make it more explicit, make it more oh. explicit right the hell now. And they're like, the nope, problem they're was it was canceled before they could develop the relationship. Yeah. It was canceled. Oh. Well, it wasn't canceled. The, just the series ended. Big difference. Uh, was it really canceled? It wasn't. I, I find that hard to believe. I thought it was. Yeah. No. 
So here's something interesting. I was just looking up some stuff about queer characters. Apparently, in the show Gargoyles, according to the series creator, Lexington Lexington Lexington. was... Yeah, although they weren't allowed, apparently, to say it explicitly. Well, he did only have, like, a choice of, what, five people to have a crush on? Yeah. That would have been, like, a really awkward situation. (laughs) A little bit. Yeah. That would have been hard. I mean, you did have a group of, what, six gargoyles living in New York City, all of them male. Mm -hmm. The chances of at least one of them being gay was, like, a hundred, like, two hundred at that point, two hundred percent. Mm-hmm. And then there was like their their dog, their gargoyle dog somehow. I that show was weird. Was it just me or did like everyone who's ever been in Star Trek have a Oh have yeah, a, oh yeah, all of them. <laughs> Everybody from Star Trek the Next Generation was on that show. <laughs> Jesus. Um, uh. So, Coruscant happened, Bubbleine happened this year. Mm-hmm. Uh Ruby and Sapphire happened this year. So it's been a really good year for queer representation. So let's kind of talk about what that means, especially for children's cartoons. What what does it mean when children's cartoons are sort of being more and more accepting of openly queer main characters? I mean, hell, Legend of Korra even had a core title character, a queer title character, I should say. Oh, I I do think it shows that um, the public is becoming more accepting of homosexuality or JLBT peoples in general and Mm -hmm. also just that um, you know we're not afraid for our kids to know about these things you know you you can explain a gay relationship to a child and you don't have to be sexual about it you just say well they love each other Mm -hmm. you know that's that's all it takes you know and as more and more people become accepting of it it's it's going to become more common and more importantly it's eventually going to become easier yeah Mm -hmm. And they won't have to shoehorn in characters. One of the things that drives me nuts about... Um, sorry to diverge a little bit. Doctor Who. There are not that many gay people <laughs> running around the universe, okay? You know Seriously. what, though? You know what, though? As soon as fucking... Uh, what's this what's this, what's this fuck? Moffat. Moffat takes over. Like, there it goes. There it goes. Like... I, we can talk this about this at a later date, but I'll say that I did find Davies. Um, Davies has a very good reason for including gay characters and transgender characters as often as he can, and he actually has come out and said a bunch of stuff about that. And it was really interesting the way he says it, um, the way he puts it out there from a queer perspective as a queer showrunner, which I, I absolutely miss because Moffat. He's a little bit behind the times. Yeah. Let's let's oh, just say that. Okay. Right. Let's, so we're diverging. Yeah. No more, <laughs> no more Moffat bashing. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not bashing him. I'm just pointing out the obvious. So, Another thing that sort of uh, that sort of gets to me before we, I mean, continue saying how much easier it'll be for LGBT characters to be put into mainstream media. The creation of a originally straight character becoming gay. A good example of what was just recently happening, Iceman. Bobby Drake oh, yep. is now... Is it, it is Bobby Drake, correct? I read yes. the article right? Yep. Bobby Drake is now canonically gay. Mm-hmm. Um, correction. A, correction. Okay. An AU it's, version of him is canonically gay. Yes. Okay, see that uh, even alternate, worse. Alternate it's an alternate universe. Version. 
They well, they did the same thing with they did the same thing with DC when they made Alan Scott uh, the Green Lantern. Yeah. They made him gay in the new Fifty Two, and I'm just like, I'm I'm thankful that we have this opportunity to take a new character. I mean, take an old character and make them new. But it, it's sort of like being, um, to put it quite frankly, a cock tease. Yeah, because it's like I mean, you're not creating you're not creating a new gay character. You're creating an old one and just giving it a new backstory. Yeah. Yes, I mean, we they, they like... handled they handled things a lot better with uh, like Batwoman and the question. Yes. The yes, North definitely. Star. Um, the pink triangle. I think that that we are going to see because it's going to stop being so difficult to find ways to create characters who are gay. It's going to stop being so out of place. I think what we're seeing mm-hmm. it's not going to be so taboo. Yeah. I think what we're seeing now is that occasionally um, mm-hmm. the ones that we like, the the characters that we like as gay representation are characters that were always meant to be that way. And then the characters that we feel are shoehorned in were probably some sort of diversity mandate or something, something along those lines, mm-hmm. um, especially with uh, the Green Lantern, um, because his comics... Uh, kicked off his his announcement his coming out started right around the time of North Star's wedding, and I really feel like DC was just trying to compete. I don't think that they were genuinely trying to create a queer character that we could get behind. Uh, a queer quackerter. Mm-hmm. So I think that I think that that creating queer LGBT characters, especially in children's entertainment like this is going to get rid of that awkwardness in the rest of media because this is going to be like the last barrier. Children are going to grow up um, seeing queer representation and it's going to be the like sort of like the last reins coming off because now it's not something that we have to be afraid of. It's something that children can see and embrace at a young age and it doesn't have to be scary or sexual or deviant. Or one note, or stereotypical. Yeah, or used for a joke, like like we exactly. said. Exactly. Like, like Snagglepuss. Basically, yeah. So, I mean, it's that's depra- what we, it, it, it depresses me. It, de- it depresses me only because we haven't we we've made so many hurdles as as a group of people. Mm-hmm. But there's still so much more that we have to go through, especially in the media. Because I mean, hell. What's a gay stereotype? We all know about pop culture. We are just a a bottle of potpourri, more or less. And we know all of these things and whatnot. But it, when it comes to pop culture, we're just... There's there's not that much there for us to play with. No. Well, it's... Like, like I've said before on this podcast, it's very difficult to find a place to stand as a, as a queer person in media because yes, I agree the, the media allows us so few representations and we are actually seeing more and more of them, a lot more of them. And it's, it's really, it's really refreshing. Like it's really refreshing to see someone, people who were characters first and whose sexuality to find them second it, it, it's another part of the character, and it's not their defining characteristic. It's very mm-hmm. refreshing to see that, especially in children's entertainment. Agreed. So uh, now that we've uh, discussed children's entertainment, uh, Chris, I know that you were anxious to talk about the Venture Brothers. Oh yes, um, Venture Brothers is 
probably one of the uh, how to put it I wouldn't say a great example of GLBT characters in media but because it, it does it does poke a lot of fun it does have some kind of tasteless humor but mm-hmm. at the same time you see these GLBT characters you know this is an action show so action comedy so you, you see them going toe to toe with straight characters and you know coming out on top doing well you know they're they're teammates their 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 gay side isn't always you know a part of who they are it, it comes up the jokes are made but um for example there's a couple um they didn't start out a couple but uh there's shore leave who is a member of osi the uh basically the the comedic version of shield in the show sphinx i thought it was more like a comedic version of gi joe's especially with the uh, shore leave it's both yeah <laughs> they, they draw influences from everything cartoons uh i mean obviously the show is based on that maybe that's a good place to start johnny is that quest. Adventure brothers yes it started is based on johnny quest well there's a lot and... of references to all of those old hanna-barbera action cartoons mm-hmm. which and... i was a big fan of well, and I mean, Johnny Quest himself is actually a character on the show. They don't and Race Bannon, of course. Yeah. Yes, Race yeah. Bannon dies. Yeah, I remember <laughs> That's that. That's the second season. Uh, but I mean, Shore Leave, uh, you know, kind of stereotypically gay sailor character, but he's still awesome. I mean, he holds his own. He fights alongside Brock. He does his own, you know, awesome stuff throughout the show. And uh, he actually ends up getting in a relationship with another gay character on the show called the Alchemist, uh, who is a member of the Order of the Triad, which is uh, Dr. Orpheus's team. Mm-hmm. Um, Dr. Orpheus himself has there always been a lot of poking fun at him because he is a bit of a flamboyant, effeminate character, but he's actually straight. They just yep. like picking fun at his sexuality. Um, also, the character has uh, one one thing one character that the show has that is really interesting is hunter gathers who is actually portrayed as a transsexual post-op trans i was about to bring him up yep um unfortunately they do end up uh retconning that later in the series which i thought was really yeah he he ends up becoming a guy again um he does lament being a guy again though so that's kind of interesting what about dr girlfriend does she just have a deep voice or is there dr girlfriend has has been officially basically her voice is deep because she smokes too much that is that is the closest they've come to actually explaining it all sack well there was an there was an episode the episode where dr venture is holding the um the yard sale where they say something like i thought that she was trans because somebody says something uh, i think um the it's, albino uh, guy the albino guy says something and he's like oh i think she had one of those chimpanzee uteruses implanted or something <laughs> like that and I, I was like what the f-? like it's cool that they have a trans character but what the fuck those those two it's it's pete white and billy quiz boy and yeah. they're they're just gossipy you know they're, they're they're not actually they don't know anything but they actually do have scenes later in the series where when when asked, she says, "No, I just have a very deep voice." And also, there's a scene where uh, the monarch, her her beau, uh, catches her smoking out back behind a party and gets pissed at her because he didn't know she smoked. <laughs> he really. And the characters points out, well, she does have a pack a day voice. <laughs> oh God. Oh jeez. So, well, there there goes that hope. Yes. Uh... Um, 
and and there have always, there have been a lot of bit characters in the show that have um been GLBT. Uh, there's an episode where they end up in Unterland, which is oh yeah, uh, oh god, yeah, their version of oh, what's the name of it? Captain um, Doctor Doom. No, 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 Doctor Doom's uh country, Liberia, Liberia or something. I never remember the name of it. But yeah, it, it's basically that. And there's these two eunuchs that Dean ends up with because he, um, Unterbe- Unterbite confuses him for a girl because he's dressed up as Prince- Princess Leia for a costume contest that the, uh... Oh, I remember that episode, yes. So, and he had to be bathed and prepared for their wedding because, you know, he fell madly in love with Dean. And he ends up with these eunuchs who are being catty with each other and uh-huh. kinds of awesome things it's it's actually a really fun episode and at the end of it uh it's exposed that dean is a boy and uh unterbite actually ends up getting uh banished from the country for gay marrying someone (laughs) (laughs) from his own country yes from his own country it's pretty great Uh, uh go ahead well i was going to say uh it's very difficult to isolate decent LGB representation because a lot of adult cartoons in America are used for humor. Yeah, I so. was I was just about to bring that up because I mean you have uh, Bruce and Family Guy, you have the gay across the street neighbors and American Dad, uh, Mr. Garrison and Big Gay Allen South Park, Waylon Smithers and The Simpsons. Mm-hmm. Uh, you have all of these characters and whatnot, and it's. Not frustrating, because, I mean, yes, sometimes it can be a little funny, but at the same time, it's just great. We're now used for humor again, so well, now well, what? There's one that, that, that kind of, I, I was always kind of on the fence. Did any of you see Chosen? No. Oh, God. Uh, Anybody that was, saw that Chosen? Was an inter- I, I watched I was, all of it. It I, was an interesting it show. It was like, they. I felt like they were trying, it was like, it was like, it was like straight people trying really hard to do what they thought was like a good representation but it just turned out terrible there's a reason it was canceled yeah yeah (laughs) it just it just didn't know what audience it wanted to be for like it was way too ridiculous and stereotypical to be for gay people it was way too gay to be for straight people like it it wasn't going to work yeah it was weird it was really weird like it's like they saw one little dipper video and thought they could make a cartoon about it and then it didn't quite work the way they wanted it to. Something. I give I give it an F for fucking stupid. Yeah, yeah. basically. Basically what the problem was was it was fucking dumb. Well, and you were talking about like like the Simpsons, you know, Smithers. I think that they've gotten a little better with their gay representation over I mean they've had for fucking ever to do it. I mean, I was a little kid when the Simpsons started, you know. So um, like like with with Patty, Patty uh, uh, came out as as lesbian, and it's basically not been a big deal. They haven't played it for jokes other than just a little bit, but they've mostly been pretty reasonable jokes, and and, and they've actually been fairly sensitive. Of course, that was only a few years ago, as to Smithers, you know, was like the '80s and '90s, you know. So it's it kind of shows how attitudes have changed. I mean, there's there's a lot of um... I don't find it demeaning when comedy cartoons have a gay character because in most of those comedies that do their gay character correctly, it's mm-hmm. comedies where they're making fun of everyone. Mm-hmm. So, like, South Park, 
I was never offended by Mr. Garrison, what, or Mr. What, Slave, or Big Gay Al. Because okay. it was just... They are sticking... They're, they're stabbing the shark stick at every point of life. Mm-hmm. And if we're yes. going to sit there and laugh at all these aspects of straight life... Like, we can't be the ones to shrink back when when they turn the stick on gay life. Like, you, you, we can't do that. Like, that's very hypocritical. It's like how it's like how sensitive can we as a group be to these to these stereotypes right. and these characters and whatnot? Well, I do have a counterpoint. It mm-hmm. it basically comes down to being uh, much like black exploitation and blackface. It, it, it does come to, you know, you're using us as. Mm-hmm. You know, to to further your own humor, you're, we're we're not you're not laughing with us, you're laughing at us, and especially South Park in particular seems to really be on the borderline of being offensive. Smithers is humorous, but Mister Slave and Garrison are. are oh, I, I've always kind of taken an issue with that. Yeah, I mean, I've always kind of taken an issue with that show. Honestly, it's. Oh. Eh, but that's just my feelings, I guess. <laughs> and then there's there's Archer. Uh, was it Ray? There's Ray guess, and Pam. And Pam. Ray and Pam. And, and, and I think Woodhouse maybe was a little gay. Well, yeah, Woodhouse is in, in, uh, implied to be bi. Yeah. Um, see, the, see, the problem I have with this is that I, I never feel like they're laughing mm-hmm. at us. Even South Park. I never felt like South Park was laughing at mm-hmm. us because even when they were using stereotypes that were part of us, Mm-hmm. They were always using these stereotypes as the way that straight people saw us, and then by the same token, would use those stereotypes to turn people's expectations around and examine mm-hmm. their own attitudes towards gay people and go, mm-hmm. you are just being an asshole to these people. Like, they're very good at, their writers are especially good at making you laugh at something that's stereotypical, that you think is going to be funny. Uh, and then turning that around on you and making you examine why you're laughing at it. And mm-hmm. like a, lo- a lot of the times they use the stereotypes and then they would turn it around and make us look at what we were laughing at and why we were laughing at it and go, mm-hmm. you know, did this come from a place of being a dickhole or did this come from a place of, you know, where everybody gets to laugh? Archer, in my opinion... I if 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 I didn't love I would be lying if I said I didn't love Archer. The dialogue on that show is written so well that it sometimes it's like listening to a tennis match. Nailed it. <laughs> sharp, a little crude, but sharp. Like it's it's very it's very crude, and it's very quick and and, and cutting, and there's no holds barred, mm-hmm. and. You know, but I feel that Ray, Ray as a, Ray and Pam as bi and gay characters respectively, they are not like Oki character. They're not like um, like they're not like Jim Crow to black. Yeah, like they're they're not they're not as much of a gay minstrel show as we could have gotten. Um, I think it's because those every personality on that show is ex- exaggerated to, like, a thousand-fold. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, given, like... I mean, we, we can't really, like, point the finger of stereotypical na- nature at Archer while they have, like, Cheryl on staff. Yeah, <laughs> or even Archer himself being, a, like, a crazy, you know, a crazy 
Yeah. Man whore. Man Yeah. He's 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 like yeah. So he's a stereotypical horn dog straight man. So. Yeah, and that show's bread and butter is absolutely ridiculous balls to the wall personalities. Show so, like, mm-hmm. saying how ridiculously sexual Pam and uh, <laughs> I'm gonna forget his name again. Ray. Ray. Loosh. Saying how like ridiculous both of them are is kind of silly when you have the rest of the cast. Yes. I mean, I think there's an episode where Archer and Lana have a three-way the Colombian drug lord in a chocolate fondue fountain. Yeah. So. <laughs> and, 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 Mal- and Mallory, and Mallory ba- didn't she bang Burt Reynolds or something? She banged Burt Reynolds, the head of the KGB, yeah, the head of yeah, ISIS, uh, or the head of um, the head of uh, Odin. Odin. It's just she did, like she had sex with everybody, and that's the joke. So like <laughs> sexuality in general is just the joke on that show. But here's what, I, here's what I have to say on the whole. As free as adult cartoons should be, that's how free children's shows should be. That's how free children cartoons should be. As far as representation and um, just finding different characters. Didn't Sesame Street at one point have a... They were planning on having a puppet that was uh, HIV positive. I think they did. Yeah, yeah they, did. they did. It was in the uh, it was in the, the 90s, and it didn't go over very well. <laughs> Yeah, that's what happens when, you, when you're different during that during like different differentiating time periods. I mean, now we're a little freer, not entirely. And the the difference with with this though is that in the '90s, parental permissiveness was at an all time high, and if and it was for like the reason the character didn't go over well was for. I don't want to say good reasons, but like better reasons than would be used now. Yes. Parental permissiveness now is at like an all-time low, and it's for entirely stupid reasons. I mean, hell, the reason the Cookie Monster got changed to the Veggie Monster was because it promotes childhood obesity. Yeah, I feel like I feel like things have gotten a bit more conservative since the '90s. It's because it's because responsibility for parents as individuals has declined. It, we mm-hmm. we see it all the time. Like as parents take less and less responsibility for their devil spawn, um, <laughs> we get more and more stringent rating systems and and censoring on cartoons and like things like that. Mm-hmm. Like the MPAA would not exist if parents were confident in their own parenting ability. The ESRB mm-hmm. would not exist if parents were uh, confident in their own parenting ability. Like the, mm-hmm. that's the thing is that uh, we grow the way that we are now is that <clears throat> we expect Uncle Television to be the babysitter raised yeah raised by television mm-hmm. yeah so like uh, I don't know about you guys but my mother was very much in in everything I did as a child and everything I watched she knew about I mean hell. Yeah. I had I had to sneak downstairs at like midnight on a Saturday to watch scary movies in the basement because my mother was so in my business. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> yeah, I I was plopped in front of the TV and had free reign pretty much. I mean, the are different parenting styles, but like that's mm-hmm. that's what I'm saying is that my mother never needed things like the MPAA or the ESRB because she was always in my business and she always knew what I was doing. 
Well, and, and you, you know, it shows how much things have changed. I remember when I was a kid, because um, I was nine when The Simpsons first started, and The Simpsons was the worst thing ever on television. It was <laughs> Satan. It was, it was just filthy, you know. And then Bart, ten years later. Yeah, and then and then and then the what's it, uh, South Park came along and that displaced that pretty quickly. Yeah. Uh, silly, silly. And now Pokemon's making children gay. Oh, it oh, is. Oh, right, right. Indeed. The slew of cartoons that were just making children gay for no apparent reason. There was SpongeBob, Pokemon. Yeah. According to this BuzzFeed, apparently SpongeBob and Patrick are gay. Well, they both are asexual <laughs> reproducers. How is that possible? Sponges don't, don't have genitalia. They also don't have eyes and arms and legs and pants. Yeah, but they only have those things because the creators drew them on them. Are you telling me that the creators lovingly drew genitalia on a starfish and covered it up with pants? <laughs> Probably. <laughs> That's what happens when you make things anthropomorphic. Like, it's it, true. That's true. Like, I, like, they're just cartoons. Like, uh, yeah, occasionally they'll put on, like, a bonnet or, like, a dress, but that's for, like, a joke. It's like a Looney Tunes joke. Yeah. They're not actually LGBT. Yeah. And and, and the whole the whole thing with, with, like, with, like, Bugs Bunny that you were talking about earlier, that really goes back to, um, more to the vaudeville tradition than anything else. Um, cross I mean, it goes all the way back big... to Shakespeare. Yeah, well, yeah, vaudeville vaudeville has its roots in in other forms of of theater, but the, yeah, cross dressing for humor' sake was very popular in vaudevilles, and a lot of a lot of stuff in Looney Tunes was based on vaudeville acts. I mean, you, you see it in all sorts of comedy acts. You see it in Monty Python. It's all over the Monty Python. Yeah. I mean, hell, even in... everyone dressed in drag at least once in yeah. Monty Python. I mean, hell, even in I modern British comedy, uh, like. Dressing oh, yeah. in drag is used, like uh, mm-hmm. um. Oh God, what is one called? Small uh, towns. Oh Jesus Christ! I'm gonna forget it. I'm gonna forget it. But uh, this is a local shop for local people. If anybody knows what I'm <laughs> referencing. Did we lose Chris? He's been no. Fun. I'm okay. still here. Um, one uh, avenue of cartoons we have not touched on is anime. Oh God, Lord! I was oh you just opened well, now, up Pandora's fucking Animu box by saying that. Well, now it's <laughs> my not? turn to be quiet, because I have no idea. But because, it is important we touch on it. Well, because now we've gotten into the whole is anime cartoons debate, and Tumblr will tear itself to shreds over this if we, if we let oh, it go Oh, don't worry. No, no one on Tumblr listens to the show. Yeah, let's, let's, let's hope that that stays that way. <laughs> Nobody <laughs> listens to the show. <laughs> um... But yes, uh, probably one of the most famous ones, ah, and I'm going to forget the character's name. Uh, I was actually going to go back to Neon Genesis Evangelion. Uh, <clears throat> Kaoru, that's his name. Uh, Kaoru is uh, one of the last angels that makes an appearance in the show. Oh, uh, was and he, he the one that was appears. making like, doe eyes at Shinji? Yes, uh, him, and, him and Shinji have a moment. It, it's very, very interesting. Uh and that honestly, before or after everyone turns into jelly? This would be before. It, it, it's, the, it's the precursor to everyone turning into jelly. Um, but yes, uh, 
very very interesting character very well handled actually because um Kaoru makes a point of saying that he's not human um he is he does not identify as a human but he's very intrigued by the species and uh but you know it's very very clearly shown that both he and Shinji have affection for each other but in the end Shinji is forced to kill him and it's one of the it, it, you just because basically he does it you hear him scream and you just hear that torment in his voice of having to do it, you know, to kill the only person he'd ever really felt an emotional connection to in the entire series. To be fair, Shinji screams about pretty much everything. Well, sure, but this was particularly heartbreaking. (laughs) I'm doing my best to keep my utter contempt for Evangelion out of my voice. (laughs) Well, okay, bring up your own your own awesome gay characters in anime. I just wanted to bring up a, a notable one. Um, honestly, <laughs> uh, revolutionary girl Utena. With oh, yes. Utena and Andy. Uh, I love that series with all of my soul. Because the it scissor is, car. It's so... The nude luge. The nude luge <laughs> is my favorite thing. It's just two <laughs> naked women holding each other and randomly luging. To for I don't know what reason the show's not telling me. Revolution. They're they're losing to the revolution. What does that mean? <laughs> I don't very... know. It's just it says all the lesbian context, not even subtext. It's context, and I love it. <laughs> and I mean, we can get into shows like Oran Host Club. Oh, Oran Host Club with all of your beautiful gender expression. And twincest. Kind Draw. of. You know that there's no actual twincest going on. Oh, but they they make it clear that there could be. Well, they they make it they make it clear that, that they're doing it for money, but <laughs> I sincerely doubt those two have ever slept together. No, no, they they as much admit it. It's but yeah, they they make the girls think and wonder and and schlick about it. Oh God, it's so hilarious. it's especially hilarious if you grew up as a harry potter fan and like you know like they are almost exactly fred and george weasley if in anime form pretty much like down to the red hair (laughs) It's, it's, it's beautiful i love that anime everything about that anime is gorgeous it's kind of ridiculous, but it, it was fun. Well, and also uh, an, another great thing about Oran Host Club is we again have a character um, in this case. Gender fluid. Uh, yes, exactly. Um, you know, the main character is a a girl who is disguised as a guy and does so for pretty much the entire series. And her father is a drag queen. Yes. Is a bisexual drag queen for money. Yeah, it's it's very interesting, and and. Given that Japan, honestly, is 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 just a bit more conservative than the states, yeah. especially when it comes to sexuality and the conservative Christian regime, I guess you could say. You know, over there, it's just cultural. You know, um, homosexuals are just viewed as lesser. You know, as uh, it, it's it's interesting, but. Um, things are actually getting better over there. I believe there was a prefecture recently that legalized gay marriage, oh, which yeah. is huge. Yes. Yeah. I mean, it's a, it's a cultural thing, and it's very much like a like kind of like they view it the way that the Greeks did, 
is that what you do for pleasure is your own thing, but you're supposed to get married, you're supposed to procreate, which, given Japan's overpopulation problem, you, you'd think that pushing a little gay agenda would be easy, tidy fix. <laughs> okay. Well, Japan actually has the opposite problem. Not enough people are having sex. Really? Uh, women are focusing on careers, and guys are basically becoming man-children. They, they, there are actually more adult diapers sold than children's diapers in Japan now. You are kidding me. Wait, what? No, it's, it's a thing. It's a real thing. I'm slightly terrified by that, but I believe it. Yeah, it's, it's the truth. Yeah, go look it up. It's a real thing. Oof. China oh. has a population problem, but not Japan. Japan is the opposite. Uh, hmm. but all the same. Uh, let's see here. What are some other great gay characters in anime? Um, Emporio Ivankov from One Piece is an example. I would probably say that's like transgender in a way, in a way, because he can flip flop. Uh, they can flip flop. Mm-hmm. I mean, if we if we and his uh, his look was based off of um, uh, Doctor Frankenfurter from the Rocky Horror Picture Show. Of course. Oh, <laughs> uh, we're forgetting a very important one, and the anime fans would... The, the Tumblr people would never forgive us for this, by the way. We need to talk about Sailor Saturn and Sailor Uranus. Oh, of course we do. Oh, of course dear. we do. <laughs> Those lovely lipsticks. And, and don't forget the Sailor Starlights. Oh, yes. Bringing, bringing trans fiercely. <sighs> is, that, is that anime? Or I never understood. Yes, Sailor Moon is an Sailor anime. Sailor Moon is, like, the <laughs> anime... Uh, it's the it's only what one, most the only one that people ever think of when they think of female-centered anime. Hmm. But yeah, they had uh, <laughs> cousins, kissing cousins. Is that what, is that, is that what they were calling them? <laughs> yeah, that, in in the dub, it was so awkward because like they would go out of their way to say that they were cousins at least once an episode. Like they're like, oh my god, they're cousins! I can't believe they're holding hands. Or like something like that. Like they're ho- they actually made it seem worse because instead of just being gay, it looked like they were incestuous. Because they didn't cut enough of the show out of it to miss all their flirting. They just cut mm-hmm. enough of it and added the cousin aspect to make it look like they were incestuous. Oh, Cartoon Networks. That was Cartoon Networks' early dub work, and it did not work well in their favor. You know, you know what we totally didn't even cover. Like, what about like gay-centered cartoons like Rick and Steve, and what was that other one, the Queer Duck or whatever it was? Uh, yes. I mean, you mean things that were on Bravo or Logo or, or something? <laughs> yeah. Ambiguously gay duo. Yes, I was. Yeah. Ho- I was hoping someone was going to bring that up. <laughs> Queer Duck was occasionally funny, not often, and it certainly wasn't funny for like my generation of gay. It was very much meant for, like, the old guard of gay. Yeah. It was kind of like Will and Grace. It was kind of like the Will and Grace of animated gay cartoons. <laughs> Rick and Steve was honestly painful to watch, except for a couple of places. Yeah. It's like... The, that was the, Le- the, the Lego one, right? Yeah. Yeah. The, okay. only, the only time I ever actually saw them was there was a gay bar that, like, on, like... If you went there on a weekday, they would pl- they would be playing them for some reason. Yeah, I mean, th- I think there was one joke in the entirety of the first episode I laughed at, which was like, the lesbians are driving somewhere and they're listening to music and it's like, <laughs> 90s grungy, like, 
rock and is like, I'm a lesbian. <laughs> it's like that's like the only time I giggled during like the whole episode. I'm like, nope, I'm not watching this ever again. Mm-hmm. <sighs> Poor logo. They try. Yeah, yeah there, there hasn't really been any specifically. Uh, oh, apparently Queer Duck was actually created for Showtime. Hmm. Was it? I thought it was on Bravo. Jesus. No, no apparently. Well, maybe it rerun on Bravo. It probably did. Like they had like a. I was gonna say I think it was a short that followed Queer's Folk, wasn't it? Yeah, it was only. Uh, shorts. yeah, it was. Yeah. And they, it was. they, like, I'm trying to remember all the characters. It was Queer Duck, Bondage Gator, uh, Oscar Wildcat, Bipolar Bear, um, mm-hmm. and that's I think that's it. But I can't f- uh, remember. It yeah, all. Openly Gator. Openly Gator. That was what it was. Okay, because they were all fucking dumbass puns and. <laughs> <laughs> Don't be hating on Oscar Wildcat. Oscar Wildcat was the only one I liked because I love dry humor and I love Oscar Wilde. <laughs> I think the one episode that I actually liked of Queer Duck was like the one where it was coming out day, mm-hmm. and like they're sitting around talking about if they've come out to their families, and like Oscar Wildcat is like, "Oh, the shock would kill my mother. I'll tell her tonight." <laughs> <laughs> what about Drawn Together? Wasn't there? Yes. Some- Yes. yes, some homosexuality. Xander yes. and his boyfriend. Xander yes. P. Wifflebottom. <laughs> yes. Oh my god, I love Drawn Together. There <laughs> is... never in the quest to rescue his boyfriend. Yep. There, uh. There is a show that absolutely gave no fucks about what anyone thought, <laughs> and I loved it for it. Because it, it gave me, like... It just took every gay stereotype, cranked it up to 11... Mm-hmm. And just it, the the whole point of that show was to crank every stereotype it could as high as humanly possible, and just make you laugh that some people actually mm-hmm. have these beliefs, like some people actually believe that humans behave this way, and you're supposed mm-hmm. to laugh at them. It right. helped that, that show had like an excellent, almost vaudevillian timing. Mm-hmm. I love that show so much. That show is good. I can't, can't believe it was only three seasons. I can't what? believe they canceled it for fucking Mind of Mencia. Really? That's oh, why it was canceled? Uh, yeah, to give it they, to give their fucking time slot to Mind of Mencia of all fucking things. Uh, that, I don't think I ever saw that even. Yeah. I mean, you could have at least given their time slot to someone who didn't steal everybody else's jokes. On the topic of Drawn Together, uh, well, <laughs> yeah. there was an episode that I really thought was like really relevant to this conversation. Mm-hmm. It was like the episode where Spanky marries Xander for the health insurance, <laughs> and it was like it's it makes fun of everybody, like it makes fun of gay people, but it also like makes fun of Christian and the religious right in the best way possible. It just has like the Disney princess Clara just going. Like if if gay marriage is allowed, fire will rain from the skies. People will be born without eyeballs. Nazis will once again ride on dinosaurs. <laughs> I remember when Nazis used to ride on dinosaurs. You should. <laughs> <sighs> and that is all the time we have for this week on Bear Pile. Join us next week when we will have something equally nerdy and berry to talk about. And yes, we are attempting, attempting to try and get this on a weekly basis, if not a bi-weekly basis. We're going to do our best. Should we tell them the new home? 
Yes, we are on home on QCast, I believe it's called, right? Yes, QCastRadio.com, live streaming. Um, I believe we're go- we're streaming at live streaming at seven, or on Saturday on Sunday. I mean, ugh, let me try that again. Edit yeah, we're out. still we're still working at the kinks we're, about this. Yeah. but that's where you will be able to find us eventually. Yeah, QCastRadio.com. Eventually. Also, also home to PodCubs podcast and Bears in the Kitchen podcast. Mm-hmm. Uh, in the meantime, you can still find us at geekybears.com, mm-hmm. uh, where you can also find all sorts of things relating to the Facebook group Geeky Bears, which if you are listening to us on Q- QCast or somewhere similar and you haven't uh, joined Geeky Bears, we would highly suggest it. That's where we pull our guests from. So mm-hmm. if you want to be on, uh, we would suggest you go in through there. Um, also, we are all members and we love we love Geeky Bears, don't we, boys? Yes, we do. So I want to thank everybody for being here with us tonight. I'm going to thank you, Jonathan. Thank you for being here with me. Yes, uh, you're welcome. And you are welcome, darling. <laughs> yes. Thank you for having us. Yes, and you can, uh, if you want to find me on the Twitter sphere, I'm at uh, NerdCub. That's N-E-R-D-K-U-B. Oh, you're just done. <laughs> uh, would you like me to plug some other things? Um, well, I know the way that you ended it, I was like waiting for the rest of it. Uh, and uh, yes, and there's uh, there's uh, two for one hot dogs down at the Safeway. Yeah, okay, so bye. Um, we would also <laughs> like to thank our bear pile regular Tom. Thank you very much for being here, Tom. Anytime. This is what I live for, darlings. If you would like to see uh, me and my adventures into cosplay land, you can check me out at Tomcat Official on Facebook, which is www.facebook.com slash T-O-M-C-A-T-T-O-F-F-I-C-I-A-L. And that is my URL, and you can find me doing all my sorts of witchery and cattery and sassery and all that fun stuff. A lot of spelling. Mm-hmm. <laughs> And I would like to thank uh, our Bear Pile Virgin. Thank you very much, Chris. How did you like getting your cherry popped? It's not a virgin anymore. It, it was just gentle enough and also just rough enough. <laughs> and I don't have anything to plug, so thanks Aww. for having me on. I really enjoyed it. Excellent. Maybe I'll come back again. Excellent. And uh, I would like to thank you all for being here with us today. As always, my name is Yeti, and I am your mama bear. You can find me on yeah. Tumblr, my work at least, at badmoonband.tumblr.com. You can also find my Twitter either at Yeti Bear, Y-E-T-T-I-B-E-A-R, or at the Bad Moon Band on Twitter. And uh, if you like horror stories, uh, you can go there to check it out. I'm also starting a romance story, a gay romance story, so that'll be fun to talk more about when it comes up. Uh-oh. Yep, so you can find me on there. Uh, and, I mean, that's all we have for this week. I mean, join us next week, hopefully, if all of our tech works out and we don't die. Um, hopefully you can join us next week when we have something equally geeky and buried to talk about. But in the meantime, bye-bye, bears. Bye. Bye.